We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. Aristotle. Or nah. (laughs) I'm sure you've heard this quote before. For many years, this quote has been attributed to Aristotle, but new research proves that Aristotle didn't write or say this quote at all. Still, I do believe that we are what we repeatedly do. I do believe excellence is not a fly-by-night operation, but rather small little acts that build into bigger habits that yield excellent results. I just finished reading a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear, and I want to share how I am working to build powerful, effective habits for my success in 2020 here on the 40th episode of the View 112 podcast. Welcome to the View 112 podcast. I'm Janita Morris. As an avid reader, writer, and businesswoman, I'm passionate about literacy and self-development. Here, I think out loud and share my perspective on life, balancing a career, and building a writing business. Let's get into it. Hello there and happy new year. Welcome to the 40th episode of the View 112 podcast. Today is Monday, January 13th, 2020. So yesterday was my birthday. I just finished celebrating a weekend long um, trek of events um, with family and friends. And um, I just had a really great time. Um, And, you know, as I go into the new year, but more important for me, my personal new year, which I always feel like is my birthday, I've been thinking quite a bit about what I want to do consistently this year. Over the past decade, I've tried and failed at quite a few things. And looking forward um, to, you know, say 2021 and a year from now, or even 10 years from now in 2030, can you believe that? These numbers sound weird. Um, I would love to look back and be proud of the effort that I consistently made starting right now. Um, Over the last three years, this podcast has inspired me to do a few things that I can build on for success in 2020 and beyond. So I really want to share some of those things that I've been doing and some things that I have started. So number one, one of my biggest goals, I've been saying this for three years, um, is I want to get a therapist. And um, finally, after (laughs) a lot of life happening and um, a lot of changes that I've been going through, I finally buckled down and got a therapist, y'all. Stress and anxiety induced sleep deprivation have become a regular part of my life, especially in the last few years. And I just, I've tried meditation at night. I've tried just so many different things. And what I've realized, especially in even now talking with my um, therapist that, you know, it's okay to one, seek help when you need it. But two, it's not just as simple as like, you know, breathing in some lavender oil. (laughs) Um, There's other things mentally that I need to do um, to help myself um, manage and regulate 
change and stress in my life. And that in turn will also help with my sleep routine. Um, So I found my therapist um, through Talkspace. Talkspace is an app that I actually have had downloaded on my phone for probably two years, um, but never really went in and and did it or did anything with it. Um, And I you know, have been looking at um, different therapists through my insurance provider's website. But the thing about um, all of the um, insurance or the therapists that were in my insurance provider's website, they have pretty standard Monday through Friday, um, eight to five hours. And in the line of work that I'm in, that's just not realistic for me to have a standing appointment with somebody right smack in the middle of my work day. Um, and so what I like about Talkspace is I have access to a therapist every day, um, via text message. Um, and then I also can have unlimited video conference with my um, therapist as well. And if I don't like the therapist and you go through and you do an assessment and they send you multiple options of therapists and they do a video introduction and you can read their bio and you try one out. And if I did not like my therapist, I have the option of finding a new therapist Um, But it's not like I know this person or I've built this like big relationship or I've been to their office and you know what I mean? So it um, removes a lot of friction from the process of getting comfortable and finding a therapist and opening up and what do you talk about and that kind of thing. And so um, I, but I, so far my the first therapist I've selected, I've had really good interaction with her. Yes, it is a woman. Um, and uh, we've had two video conferences at this point and numerous um, text conversations going back and forth. And um, she responds to me a couple of times a day, depending on how often I say something. And so it's a nice outlet um, to have a um, licensed professional, but also kind of like an impartial party to certain things. Um, and what I've learned so far too about therapy, which I'd read about this, is like you don't go into therapy to get fixed it, or like there's this one thing you're going to fix. But I do think it's been great to have a problem or have um, a situation, maybe not even always a problem. And this person through either video or text can help you build tools or use tools that you have that you don't always access um, to make your own decisions and act accordingly um, to um, get to a better outcome. So um, back to this whole thing with my sleep deprivation and everything that's going on, one of the things that um, my therapist has done for me is she sent me an article from Psychology Today, which I now go on Psychology Today um, at maybe like twice a week. And there's a lot of really cool articles on there. Um, But the article that she sent me um, what is called tips to calm and rest my, your mind before going to sleep. And, um, I'll put a link to this article in the, um, 
notes, but one of the tips is to, that was on there was to listen to a podcast or an audiobook. And as you all know, I love reading. I have never listened to an audiobook though, which is, I mean, I know they're like all the rage, but I'm like, no, I'm not like a book snob in that way, but I don't know. I'm just like, are you really reading if you're listening to it? But hey, I was like, I want to, I want to consume more books and this would be a nice way for me to, um, listen to an audiobook <laughs> while I'm sleeping. I know it sounds crazy. Um, but the way that it has worked for me, the book I selected, um, has really been very helpful. And I think it feels good and it's reassuring to fall asleep listening to something that you know is going to improve your way of life, which I'll get into the book in just a second. But, um, and, and so you're probably wondering, how have you been listening to the book if you've been asleep? But typically I listen to, I don't know, I probably get through 10 minutes of it before I like doze off. And um, the next day I just rewind or I go back to the place where I think I remember hearing this last little bit or I comprehended the last little bit and I start play from there. And so, uh, you know, it's it's a longer way to listen to a book, but I found myself picking it up and listening to it in the car on my way to work and stuff like that. So I would say a book like this normally would have taken me. I don't know, three or four days to read. And it probably took me two weeks to quote unquote, listen to a read. Um, and so my first selection um, is called Atomic or titled Atomic Habits by James Clear. And Atomic Habits shares ways to build good habits. This book is packed with great ideas and inspiration. And one of my biggest takeaways is about how we make choices based on our environment. Um, and so if you think about, and this, I mean, he goes into way more, so I highly recommend you read the book. I'm not going to tell you the whole, you know, everything about the book. I'm recommending you read Atomic Habits. It was really good. But, you know, he basically talks about, um, and I've read books on willpower before. And a lot of times we walk through life thinking we're making decisions and we really aren't. Our environment kind of dictates and, um, the decisions that we make. And we're really, we have really no willpower. Um, we're just subject to our environments. And so he challenges you, um, to, change your environment and architect and design an environment that's going to be helpful for you to make better, um, build better, make better decisions and build better habits. Um, and you know, our current environment, um, really stresses, you know, the, again, the decisions that we make. So if you like one small example, cause I'm just looking at it, I have a bottle of water here on my desk. If I'm really trying to consume more water, do I make it convenient in my environment everywhere I am to always have a bottle of water on me, um, or access to water? And I find that the days that I pack a water and I leave a case of water in my car, or I put a water in the cup holder of my car seat, or I have a water in my nightstand, or I put a water in my purse, I will drink all those bottles of water over the course of the day. If I don't do that, maybe I'll just have water at lunch. Maybe I'll have water when I get up and maybe I'll have some, you know, and then I'll have water at dinner, but I'll drink way more water 
throughout the day when I've designed, if you will, or architect areas where water is more accessible for me. So if you take a, something small like that and apply it to other things that you're trying to do, right? I'm sure you've heard this in like weight loss books and stuff like that. It's hard to lose weight when you have a whole bunch of junk in your house that you shouldn't be eating, right? It's going to be, you can say, yeah, I'm going to have this willpower and I'm not going to do this, this, and this. But if you are famished and you're still trying to cook dinner and there is a bag of Cheez-Its because I had some um, earlier today right there readily accessible you're just gonna grab the bag of Cheez-Its while you you know because you're hungry so um it's little things like that that um this book talks about and it talks um quite about building a routine and since reading Atomic Habits I've introduced quite a few small changes into my environment and in my routine. I've gone as far as to rearrange furniture in my, um, I'm in a corporate housing unit right now, which I'll explain a little bit later. Um, but I've rearranged the furniture, um, in my apartment to help with being more effective with my sleeping, with my writing, with my working. I everything was kind of all jumbled in the same place. I was at a desk in the bedroom and um, trying to get work done in the same place where your mind is supposed to be thinking about sleep and rest. I was doing work at the dining room table. And so when I'm trying to unwind for the night or say, hey, no, work is over and I'm just going to eat here and chill and enjoy dinner. I wasn't able to do that. I have multiple, I I have a lot of technology. I have a very work-specific computer and I have a personal computer, but they look exactly the same. They're exact same MacBook Pro with Touch Bar. And um, now I have one in in an area where I'm going to do creative work on writing such as this. And then there are times when I'm not, when I'm actually doing work for my job, um, I will, if I'm not doing work for that and it's not the time for that, I pack that computer away and I leave it in a bag. I used to have both computers out all the time and I just go back and forth and there was really no clear delineation anywhere in my entire world where it's like, this is only for sleeping, this is only for working, this is only for eating. This is only for creativity. And so um, I've made some of those types of changes. Um, And I think this book has really helped me understand that there are good habits that I want to continue and um, reinforce for my benefit for the long term. So some of those things. Number one, I want to create more stuff. So speaking of books, I'm in the middle of a, a new book now. I'm actually reading this one, not an audio book. It's called Creative Calling. Establish a daily practice. Infuse your world with meaning and succeed in work and life by Chase Jarvis. I've seen Chase Jarvis facilitate a seminar at a work event once. I've seen his photography and I've listened to his podcast. Early in the book, Jarvis makes a point that we are all born with creativity Many of us go through our entire lives not really tapping into that creativity. And for me, every time the word creativity is used in this book, I actually think of it more in a biblical sense, um, thinking about God-given gifts and talents. I grew up, and a lot of times we would talk about every person has um, 
been gifted uh, gifts and talents from God. And it's our um, responsibility, if you will, to make sure that we're using them to honor and glorify God. And um, that, you know, it it's, I guess, a shame, for lack of a better word, when you don't hone in on those skills and talents and use them, um, you know, in the kingdom. And so, you know, I just, his book, he, he didn't use that language, but this thing about everybody being born with innate creativity and um the more you use creativity the more creativity you have and that it's a it's a, it's a part of you need creativity to be fueled every single day and so i can think about times in my life when i'm writing or i'm doing something like recording a podcast or i'm brainstorming i feel more in tune with what i'm supposed to be doing i feel more accomplished with my day even if i have other accomplishments that are outside of this creative outlet um i if or if a certain amount of days have gone by or weeks or sometimes months or years where i haven't exercise some sort of outlet with my writing, I don't feel good. I feel like a void. I feel something is missing. I feel like I'm supposed to be doing something. Anytime I really feel like I'm supposed to be doing something, what I'm starting to understand is that that is the creative energy that's like bottled up in me that I haven't had an opportunity to get out and I don't feel good with it being bottled in. It gives me anxiety. It makes me worried. I feel like I need to be doing something. Um, I get antsy. I get fidgety. And um, it's because I'm not utilizing and releasing um, and sharing my talents with the world. Um, and so, um, and I, it's, you know, and I use writing as an example, but there's so many other things that I have that attachment to. So it's not just one specific gift or talent. And growing up, I didn't think I was a creative person. You know, I, you know, my mom is, um, and my sister, they're very, they create a lot of things with their hands. Like they're very, um, they create amazing art. My mom, yeah, my mom and my sister are great with that. And so because I don't have the ability to really do that, um, I just always am like, I'm not a creative person. And in fact, I've learned that I'm a very creative person. My creativity comes out in a different way, though. And when I'm not doing those things, um, I, again, I feel like this sense of longing, like something is missing. Um, and for many people, um, and this book stresses that there's no such thing as creative and non-creative people. We all have creativity. We all just are not tapping into it and utilizing it. Um, and so for many people, creativity has been underutilized for a variety of reasons. Belief in your ability or that there is creativity, kind of like how I shared. Um, as children, a lot of people have had this premise of their creativity being kind of like stomped out of them or someone says something, you know, negative. Negative, or they we criticize someone's um, effort, and that discourages people from doing anything again. Um, as we grow on, and we become adults, and we prioritize so many other things in our life, and our creativity, this this God given 
thing that's in us that comes natural to us, but we leave it dormant for so long um, because of life and other distractions. And so I love the actionable encouragement from this book to set up your life to enable more and get the most out of your creativity. And so not even knowing what these two, I actually picked up um, creative calling maybe a couple months ago because I was I picked it up from a Virginia Beach Barnes and Noble um, and I just like I said read Atomic Habits like a couple of or listened to it a couple of weeks ago but that theme of architecting and designing and creating a structure that um, will allow you to achieve your goals or build in more creativity um, has really um, this theme is is really coming alive and being more prevalent in my space. And so just 13 short days into the new year, I've already written more than I wrote probably written. (laughs) I've written more than I probably wrote um, all of last year. Um, I've brainstormed um, a great new business venture that I'm excited to research and hopefully bring to fruition. Um, I've gotten a lot, again, a lot of creative energy out. And all of this does require the mental and physical space to be able to do it and set yourself up to be successful. And so I'm going to continue to do that and be disciplined and use some of these exercises from these two books to create more. So my two book recommendations coming out of this podcast podcast so far. One, Atomic Habits by James Clear, and two, Creative Calling by Chase Jarvis, which brings me to um, what's next. And I'm going to continue to read. My advocacy for literacy has never wavered. Um, I've actually been a bit more deliberate about what I have been reading lately. As you can see, I've been quite diligent about reading books for self-improvement and self-development, but more and more I'm reading books for leisure and just for the sheer enjoyment I get out of stories and the creative process. And um, where I've gotten that from is last year, um, maybe in August, late August, yes, because I I went to Antigua and I started the first book in Antigua, but um, my coworkers, a couple of my coworkers, um, encouraged me. They started a book club and I joined by default, not knowing what the books were going to be. Just like, sure, I'll read whatever. And um, we wound up reading Harry Potter. And I had never read Harry Potter before. In fact, I, have, I had Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone probably for two years sitting on my bookshelf as a gift from another coworker and I never picked it up. I was like, ah, this isn't really my thing. But because I committed to it and I already had the book um, last August, I devoured that book on vacation and could not wait to get home and start the second book. And so from um, late August, the last week in August until November, I read the entire Harry Potter series and became obsessed. Um, so obsessed that um, I've gotten gifts for for people and from people with Harry Potter. I've watched all the movies at this point. And um, I know I'm like a trillion years behind, um, but I'm just so enchanted with the story. And I think the book is so well written and it really inspires and just, you know, it just explains 
explodes your imagination. And I don't know where, I don't even know. Like, I don't know why I've been sleeping on it for so long. But I share that to say that reading that series really, you know, and I've read novels before, you know, I just read The Water Dancer as part of Oprah's Book Club. I read Olive again for Oprah's Book Club, but it really, and I've read all tons of stuff, as you all know. But this series really um, is the first time like I've read something that wasn't self-improvement or business related. And it made me want to write and like create something and like think of characters and, you know, explore and like, you know, in my mind, like certain what ifs. And, um, you know, some of the friends that I've read this with, you know, are into like videography and storytelling and um, in a different medium. And so just seeing how stories come to life, even now I'm more, I hate the movies. I'm more open to watching movies now because I just want to see how a particular story is told. Whereas before I was like, I don't want anybody to tell me a a story. Like I just want to read it and I want to interpret it for myself. Now I want to see somebody else's interpretation of different stories. And so reading has, um, Again, being more deliberate about what I read and incorporating um, more novels into my reading regimen so that I can continue to hear different stories, but spark, spark my creativity and think about what stories I want to write and to share. And everything doesn't have to be buttoned up business and self-development and, you know, all of that all the time, even though in a way even doing that in the creative process is self-development as well. Um... Also, um, I don't have time to just read any old thing like I used to. So I've instilled a few things to make me have a higher quality reading experience. So for example, if I'm not enjoying a book, I don't feel obligated to keep reading it like I have in the past. I have felt obligated to just suffer through a really terrible book, at least terrible to me. And I don't I don't do that anymore. Once I reach a point where I feel like, ah, oh, this book might not be for me, I will put it aside pick up another book because I have books all over and um, I might come back to it one more time. Maybe I'm just having a bad day or this isn't the book. I'm not in the moment to receive this (laughs) word or story. And so I'll put it aside. But if I come back to it again and I'm still on the struggle bus of trying to connect with the book, I just let it go. I'm not obligated to finish reading it. I think when I did that, um, for those of you who don't know, I did a challenge where I read 112 books for a year to commemorate my birthday. And I was like so pressed to read every book cover to cover. Now I don't, if I don't like the book, I'm done with it. I don't feel obligated to do that. Um, speaking of reading books cover to cover in order, I don't do that. Um, I'm not obligated, I should say, to do that either. Um, sometimes I may read a particular chapter or, you know, half the book and feel like I got the gist or, you know, I get the point or this chapter isn't really speaking to me, this point that you made, or I already kind of noticed, or I disagree with this point, so I don't need to continue to consume it. Let me move on. Um, And I don't feel bad or obligated to read an entire book, every single point that an author is making cover to cover like I used to. And many great writers are avid readers. And I suspect that this is starting to be a trend because I'm starting to see more and more in the introduction or the how to read this section of the book, writers giving readers permission to read what they need and leave the rest. And I appreciate this. It bees like that sometimes. I don't want to read all of that. 
Clearly, I've demonstrated the value of reading in this episode as well as over the course of my podcast and website. And there are new and innovative ideas and stories published all the time I can't wait to consume. Um, But this year, I do want to expand my reading horizon by reading at least two translated books. Um, So perhaps a novel and maybe a self-improvement book, do a little balance that were written in another language and another culture and then were translated to English. Um, just to see what kind of experience that provides me from a cultural perspective. Um, And uh, I have a lot, so I'm just looking now. I'm sitting at my rearranged desk, and um, I've bought a lot of books. So I have moved temporarily to Maryland, um, and I moved here about 45 days ago. And I'm going to tell you how many books. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine, I have nine books that I've acquired in 45 days. I don't even have a bookshelf. They're just sitting in this little basket. I have one in my purse. I have one on my um, nightstand. So I have plenty of things to read. Um, So I I better get to it. So I'm going to continue to build that habit of um, reading. Um, next I'm going to build some skills. So I still have college courses to take and people have been asking and I know I'm going to, you know, you know, I'm going to get there. Um, but I have other skills that I want to build that I'm really excited about. Um, and I, I think that some of these things will better suit my personal and professional goals. So, for example, I want to continue my skill building with writing. Um, in Norfolk, I was going to classes at a writer center. I took a couple of classes. And there's a writing center here in Bethesda, Maryland, like five minutes from my house. Um, and there's a great independent bookstore called Politics and Prose, where they have a lot of writing and meet the author and that kind of thing. And so um, a great writing community that I really want to be a part of and continue to build my writing prowess. Um, for years, I've wanted to take on additional languages, and that's something that's supported um, professionally for it as well. Um, I'm looking at some personal finance and investing seminars that I want to take. I've been listening to a lot of finance um, podcasts, but I want to take that a step further and really take some courses. Um, and then I've been having ideas around additional streams of revenue, um, some of these from these financial podcasts I've been listening to, and there's courses that support them um, that you know are, are related to the particular industry. And so before I decide to invest or dive deeper into something, you know, especially financially, I definitely want to know more about it or I may need to build a particular skill around it and get some qualifications. And so skill building is um, another habit I want to continue to do for my own personal and professional advancement. Um, you know, I haven't had, I haven't taken a leadership you know, I've taken internal leadership courses, but I have not taken an external leadership course um, probably in like a decade, which, ooh, I mean, I think, you know, and this is going to like, I think I'm a great leader. So I'm like, yeah, I got this leadership thing down packed, but there's like so many different and I read a lot of books about leadership and articles about leadership and um, but I haven't taken a course or been to even a um yeah, a workshop or anything about new trends in leadership or things like that. I've just read about them. And so there's still things that I can be doing to build skills and acquire new skills to keep myself in the game and um, marketable. 
Um, lastly, scheduling and calendaring. I've, I've talked about this before, um, but it's always been important for me to maximize my time. Going back to atomic habits and architecting my environment to best support my goals, I'm going to have to stay organized and prioritize my time to make things happen. Um, Since my last episode, I've had quite a few changes that have happened again. I feel like every, you know, episode, every so often I'm like, and another thing happened and I moved and I this. And so, yes, that has happened again. Um, I mentioned earlier, I've been living in Maryland. I'm in a corporate housing apartment. And so what the deal is, is I'm on a um, temporary assignment for work that has me in Maryland for the next few months. And, um... Well, I love being back in Maryland. It's my home. It's a different part of Maryland than where I'm from. It's probably, you know, an hour-ish from where um, I grew up. And um, it's popping. I love it here. Um, I'm very comfortable. I'm closer to friends and family. I got to spend the holidays here. I got to spend my birthday with all my, with my sister and my cousins and my girlfriends. And so it's been great. It's still changed, though, nonetheless, right? I'm sitting in an apartment right now recording this, um, and none of the furniture belongs to me. None of the, um, there's none of my artwork in here. There's nothing, nothing. I brought some creature comforts from home, and I bought stuff from the store, but even though all of that stuff is brand new, and so it's an unfamiliar environment. And the one thing I've learned, and learned also from talking through my therapist, um, is that, you know, I can't stop the change that continues to happen in my life, positive or negative change. I can't prevent change from happening, but there are things I can do to manage my reaction to change and how I continue to evolve and make progress towards the things that I want to accomplish. Even, even with, you know, great change it's still unexpected in those things in uncertainty, they can be a distraction. And so how do I build things into my routine? Again, there's that word. And how do I architect my environment, no matter what that environment is, even if tomorrow I get, I'm in another environment, How do I architect an environment that helps me build better habits and stays on course in my goal versus what I've been doing for the last few years, which is just twisting whichever way the wind blows. And it's okay to be flexible and to move and to relocate and to travel and all of those stuff, all of those things. But it can be um, increasingly more stressful than you realize, at least for me, if I don't have some sort of structure or at least controlling certain things that I can control, um, like building in a a routine or a schedule um, and calendaring things out and mapping out certain time for myself. Um, And so designing my calendar and environment brings structure to my days, my weeks, my months, and it, it helps me, especially when the unexpected arrive. Um, So I'm focusing on what I can control. Thank you so much for listening. This is the 40th episode of the View 112 podcast. And when I started recording on January 12th, 2017, my commitment, um, I believe that was on my 39th birthday. Yes. And my commitment was to try to record 40 episodes before my 40th birthday. Um, Not even understanding what 
the commitment it would take to record 40 podcasts in a year. And so here we are, not a year later, but three years later, I think I recorded 20 in that first year. And then the rest have been a slow trickle. Maybe, maybe I recorded 25 or so in the first year. And then the rest have been a slow trickle into, um, this third year. Um, but I've gotten so much value out of the times that I've taken to share in this outlet and life comes at you fast. I hope you all who have listened to this and have listened to other episodes have also found value and encouragement from the View 112 podcast and from me and my learns. Thank you so much for listening.